Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We are a house church network following the historical and biblical pattern of rotating homes, rotating who leads as able to weekly. It's the way they saturated the Roman Empire in under 300 years, going from 120 people at Pentecost to filling the Roman Empire. When you outgrow a home because people have been used to hosting and leading and rotating in that responsibility, you just multiply out like a cell divides and you begin rotating and leading among themselves and so on and so on. And it works. So visit our website, cwowi.org. You can see we've got 10 videos, question and answer about house church, lots of articles, things of that nature. Sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly teaching that comes out every Friday. It's in the header there and in our newsletter where we put information about our Zoom meetings, conferences, and such. So anyway, cwowi.org. Today, talking about having a new New Testament understanding rather than a religious understanding of Christ in you. First off, I'll say it this way. Colossians 1, 26, 27 talks about the mystery that had been kept secret from ages and generations, but now it's revealed in us, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The fact that when we we can be born again and we have Christ in us, that is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 16 says we have the mind of Christ. Uh, it, that passage all the way through from about verse 9, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16 is fantastic. It says we have the mind of Christ. You've got to understand, you don't have the mind of Jesus. Jesus is the man who is the Christ. He is God's son. But we have the mind of Christ, which signifies his deity. It signifies that God is in us. Now, I want you to think about the fact that Christ is in you and you have the mind of Christ. You know what that means? That means what Paul said is true in Acts 17, 24. God does not live in a building made with hands. It's true what he told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and such, that we, have, that we are the living temples of God. That's an amazing thing to think about, that if you've got Christ in you, you carry him wherever you go. Furthermore, the comparison is made between us and Old Testament Levitical priests tending the temple. You see, we are a royal priesthood, we are told. Peter tells us this in 1 Peter. We see this in Revelation chapter 4, chapter 5, that he's, uh, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, he's made us a kingdom of priests, or literally a royal priesthood, a, a kingdom that is a priesthood. So how, how, does that, how, how does that work in New Testament terms? What it means is that you are already in the ministry, that you are already a priest towards God. You are, you are a royal being part of his family. You're a royal, part of a royal priesthood. So what does that mean to have Christ in you? It means that for New Testament thinking, you have to change your thinking. There is no such thing as sacred versus secular. That for the Christian who has, they've got Christ in them, it means there's no such thing as a secular job. For the Christian, just like the Old Testament priests, all things are sacred. Your home is sacred. Everything you own is sacred. Everything has to do with service to the temple. We are the temple of God. Christ is in us. And so as we live and have, as we go about our life, we're taking Christ everywhere because we are living, breathing, walking, talking temples of God. And so, like the Old Testament priest, the home you live in, everything you have belongs to God. It's dedicated to his service. So your job, you should not be thinking of as, oh, it's a secular job. It's not a ministry job. It's not a sacred job. Yes, it is because you have Christ in you. So what does this mean? Well, I went through a time 
uh, where the father was teaching me about his compassion and about the gifts of the spirit. And then I had a couple of visitations with the Lord during that same time. It was a period of about two months that was especially intense where the father was teaching me and then it would be complemented and supplemented by visitations from the Lord who's, who started talking to me about these things. And the father made me aware that some of some things I already knew, but I never thought about it in terms of emotions. And that is that the root of, let me put it this way, your spirit man has senses that that interact with the spiritual realm. And your physical body has senses that interact with the physical realm. It goes back to Luke chapter 16, uh, verses 19 through 31, uh, the best illustration of a beggar named Lazarus and a rich man. They both died. Their bodies were buried on the earth, but in their respective places, they talked to one another, they saw one another, they heard one another. All their senses were there in their spirit man. And that's how people you know, hear uh, angels and, and smell the aroma of the Lord or the aroma of death or demons. Uh, your spirit man has senses. And so when the father was teaching me, he was he, he mentioned one of the things he mentioned is that he said this, he said, compassion uh, and the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit is me expressing my emotions through compassion. And I asked for chapter and verse, and he said, study compassion in the New Testament. You'll see that every time compassion is mentioned in the Gospels, there's a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit following. And so I looked at that. Jesus had compassion on the multitude. And so he fed them, you know, 5,000 men plus women and children from a boy's lunch. He had compassion because there was a need of uh, for ministry. So he sent the 12 out anointed to use his name and, and things of that nature. So we see that there is an emotion that the Father has expressed through the gifts of the Spirit. Well, we've got Christ in us. And because everything is sacred, we have to understand that the the things that we call the ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, helps, governments, all the, the things that are mentioned uh, in Scripture, they're all a manifestation of the Spirit. They're all part of the compassion of God trying to reach out to, to people. And so as a result of that, with Christ in you, one of the things that the Lord was telling me, he said, he said, he told me I had to take my mind off of the four walls of the church. And he said, and he brought out these, these, this fact that, that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. There is no such thing as, as sacred or as secular for us. Everything is sacred. And he told me this, he, he said, he said, the gift of apostle, for instance, in the life of Paul is what the world often calls entrepreneurial or entrepreneurs. And I said, I need chapter and verse on that. And he said, he said, look at, at Paul in Acts 18 uh, as an apostle starting the church in Corinth. And he said, that same gift is what the world calls entrepreneur. Look at first century tent making. He set up his tent making business. And he said, study first century tent makers and you'll find that they dealt with the gathering of materials, manufacture, marketing, and sales. And he said those same gifts allowed him to move into a city as an apostle and be part evangelist and part teacher and part pastor. And I just started seeing that the, it is the gift of Christ in us and the labels don't matter so much. We, we put labels on them and how the, in the first century, those labels, pastor, you know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, helps governments, etc. Those were descriptors. They were action words. We've turned them into nouns and titles and something you wear 
on, you know, in a badge and something you put in front of your name. I'm pastor, I'm apostle, I'm bishop, whatever. But back then these were action words. Overseers are, are, or bishops are overseers and pastors are people who tend to people life to death. And, and an apostle is one who's sent. And so he was starting to teach me this. And so I was taking this then and teaching a second year class in Bible school. And I said, I asked for a show of hands, how many students are called to be a pastor? You know, and, and a certain number of hands went up. And I said, let me ask you this. I said, where do you work right now in, 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 in your job to earn a living to be able to come here to Bible school? And all the way across the board, most of them were in management, some, some form of, level, of uh, middle-level management. And I said, I said this. I said, how many of you, once they were all determined those people who'd raise their hands, I said, how many of you have your office or your desk or your cubicle how many of you, it's, it's like a busy railroad station, a busy bus station that people are always coming by and, and telling you their problems. You have people tell you and say, I don't know why I'm telling you this. It seems like you're a good person. I can, I can trust to say this and that you are the person that goes to, they go to in that office and the same hands went up and said, yes, that's exactly, that describes exactly my job. I said, you're already a pastor. You have Christ in you. You have the gift within you. And you are already moving in that gift. You are caring for people in the job of a pastor. It's not in the four walls of a church and be behind a pulpit. And and it just it just it just blew the minds of the people thinking, wow, I am already a pastor. One of the things the Lord had said during the visitation is he said, many of my people uh, who are called as pastors don't realize they've been serving as pastors in the workforce their whole lives. They think they've disappointed me, not understanding the gifts. And so it went on, and so he started teaching me, and so I started seeing that an evangelist has a has a gift to to close the deal, to sell people, to tell people about Jesus, and to get them born again. I can teach them, but to get them to sign on the dotted line, I'm just not an evangelist. I mean, I have done my share of going out in the highways and byways and asking people about, you know, telling people about Jesus, do they need to be healed, passing out gospel tracts. I've done all that. There's not that anointing. I'm, my gift is to the body of Christ. Anyway, he, I started talking, and so I started realizing that many people who, who are called as evangelists, in fact, I went in, in the same class, I went hands up for those who are called as evangelists. A certain number of hands went up, and I said, what jobs do you do? Oh, it was sales. It was marketing. It was, it was uh, you know, public um, uh, you know, public speaking, things of that nature. And, and it turned out that when they all, they all talked about it and everything, it was, uh, I told them, I said, look, I said, the, the, it's, this, it's Christ in you. So the same gift that, that burns in you to bring people to Christ and has gifted you with the ability to lead them into prayer, to believe on Christ and receive Christ, it's the same gift operating in you that, that can help a person sell a car or a vacuum cleaner or whatever the case is. You've got this ability, this gifting of God. To, to bring people to Christ. And that gift flows out. When the Lord was teaching me these things, uh, my mind was going tilt. And he said, remember, all things are made by me and for me. And I started thinking about that. That means us. And so then it was like, how many people are prophetic? And hands go up. And I said, what do you do? Lawyers, human resources. And, and, and what the Lord had told me in this, he said, he said, the same gift where I can move through people to tell people where, where they're going to be in a year or what they need to do, uh, you know, in their lives. He said, that same gift can go into a company and see where that company is going to be a year from now and understand their policies and such. And so he just started going through the gifts 
and started seeing that Christ is in us. And so we take those gifts wherever we go in work, in play, our neighbors, whatever the case is, we put the labels and the labels are there by God too, to, to help us understand. But it's truly as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6, where in verse 4, he talked about the charismatic gifts, but it's the same spirit. In verse 5, he talked about the serving gifts, which we call ministry gifts or serving gifts. And he said it's the same spirit. And in verse 6, he said he talked about the motive or the energy gifts, the things that move us, things like organizing, things like hospitality, things like giving, things like like uh, exhortation, which is encouragement. And he, and he concludes in verse 7, he says, all these things are just a manifestation of the spirit. That means showing hospitality and taking food to a sick friend is a manifestation of the spirit just the same as prophesying over someone. That means apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher helps governments, uh, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, miracles, the motivation to organize, the ability to organize. All these things are manifestations of the Spirit. It makes us all equal. We're all saved by the same blood. It's all just a manifestation of the Holy Spirit within us. And those gifts will function in any number of settings. But anyway... Uh, I, this is just a tiny part of, I, yes, I have teachings and stuff like this in our, on our website, but the point is this, to realize that there is no such thing as the secular for you because you've got Christ in you. You take him wherever you go and whether you know it or not, you are flowing in the gifts that he has given you. Whether that be something of hospitality or organizational ability, according to Romans chapter 12, verses three through eight, some of these energy gifts that move you. Uh, mercy and, and compassion, uh, all these serving where you don't want a microphone in your hand, you just want to help behind the scenes, meeting the physical needs of, of individuals in need, uh, or, or one of the fivefold, what are called the fivefold. You take Christ in you, and because of that, he will manifest your calling, your giftings in whatever setting you are. It doesn't matter whether it's an office or whether it's a the auditorium church or what we see in our circles, which is home-based church, where you're meeting in living rooms and you're sharing and the gifts flow, the resources flow, the skills and the talents and all that flow so that there are no needs among us. It's an amazing thing. So just think about that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You take him wherever you are. All around you is sacred. It's all for him. And so he will manifest himself through the spirit as he sees fit. All right, God bless. C-W-O-W-I dot O-R-G.